Welcome to the Patient Safety Podcast, proudly presented by RX360 and hosted by Jim Fries. Listen in each month as leaders in the pharmaceutical ecosystem have thoughtful conversations about the positive changes being made for patient safety. RX360 is a nonprofit international consortium that addresses pharmaceutical supply chain security and quality in relation to public health concerns and patient safety. And now, here's your host, Jim Fries. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Fries from RX360. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Um, believe it or not, it's episode five of our uh, patient safety podcast. And and for me, today is a really special episode. It's, uh, you know, first time I think I've had uh, a guest where I'm not only a fan of, but also from an industry perspective, um, incredibly, um, I guess if you want to say, um, I admire Catherine for what she's been able to do. And from an introduction standpoint, I really want to take a moment right now to introduce Catherine Ebon. She's, a, in my mind, a world-renowned investigative journalist, um, studied at Brown University, was a Rhodes Scholar at Oxford, and really, in my mind, has, has for lack of a better term, I think helped the pharmaceutical industry in understanding the importance of quality of our products. Um, in helping us understand how important patient safety is. And and her latest book, Bottle of Lies, is something that is incredibly near and dear to my heart. I think I've read it a couple times now. And, you know, for from a from a pure print transparency uh, uh moment, I actually got it for everybody that works at RX360. So uh so everybody on the team is 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 absorbing the book. But really what I want to do is say thank you, Catherine. Thanks for being here. And why don't you kick us off by Kind of giving us a little overview of what the book really is about. So the book takes readers sort of deep into the heart of the generic drug industry, much of which operates overseas. Uh, and it exposes endemic fraud uh, in that industry, particularly data fraud, um, which goes to the heart of quality. So the manipulation of data in order to get uh, approvals from regulators. And to do all of that, it, it's a story. Uh, it tells the story of um, particularly one very brave whistleblower, Dinesh Tucker, uh, and how he brought down the company Rambaxi for data fraud. But it also follows FDA regulators, um, patients, doctors, uh, sort of through this labyrinthine uh, industry. Um, that has really just not been uh, examined, scrutinized in any significant way beforehand. Yeah, and I think for me, Catherine, when I was reading the book the first time, one of the things that smacked me in the side of the head, and you just referenced it, was this whole idea of data integrity because it was it was when I was really starting to integrate myself into to RX360, we do a lot with data integrity. And I said, my gosh, that really, to me, when I read your book, it painted that picture of how important data integrity is. Yeah. But when I when I looked at the book and I started reading it, and I tried to put myself in your shoes almost, and and one of the big questions I had for you, and I've never had a chance to ask this of you, is what was that watershed moment where you started gathering some of this information and you said, "Holy cow! I, I need to write a book about this. This this story needs to get out." Where talk me talk to me about that moment. Yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm a journalist who is never really satisfied or almost never satisfied 
that I've gotten to the bottom of something. Um, the reporting for this began uh, back in 2008 when a radio show host, a guy named Joe Graydon, uh, who hosts the, the People's Pharmacy on NPR, he called me up and said that there were all these patients complaining about the uh, effects, side effects of their generics, the you know what the effectiveness of their generics. And he had posed this question to me, what is wrong with the drugs? I began investigating and it took me a long time, but I uncovered the story of Rambaxi, India's largest uh, drug company, uh, which was basically just a, a, a ongoing crime scene. Um, they had, you know, pressed hundreds of employees into this scheme of falsifying data. Uh, and uh, Dinesh Thakur ended up bringing down the company in 2013. They pleaded guilty to seven felonies for data falsification. And I issued a big article in Fortune magazine that sort of blew the lid off that whole story. But after that, I, I just had a, another question. Uh, was Rambaxi an outlier, just the most corrupt drug company ever, or was it the tip of the iceberg? Was this something about how the industry functioned? And it was that question that made me feel that there was more reporting to do and probably a book in all of this. Great. Thanks. And I, I can appreciate that because that's something that we live and breathe every day at RX360 by thinking about, you know, our 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 membership, how we look at material quality, how we think about patient safety. It's something that that, you know, is in, ingrained in us. And and a lot of I know a lot of the people that have been involved with RX360 for years really kind of in, in many cases have even pointed me towards some of the things in your book that allow us to to really understand why people like you, people like Dinesh, people like RX360 really exist to help the industry. Because I think that's the that's the message that I've had for people is we're not we're not in this to, you know, there's we're not in in this to identify bad guys or jump on the bad guys. We're in this to make the the industry better um mm -hmm. and and ultimately helps our patients. Since mm -hmm. you started kind of this investigative uh, roller coaster, so to say, when it comes to to uh, to what you found with uh, with generic drugs um, during that time period, you know, did you did you see, um, you know, if there was the the negative around your primary case study, did you see positives in the industry as you were writing it? Did you see where there were? things being improved, or even since the book com has come out, have you seen improvements? Um, so I think that, um, you know, one of the obligations of a journalist is always to be fair, uh, which I very much endeavored to do. And I wanted to make sure that I, um, you know, found the positive in this industry. And there is a tremendous amount of positive. I mean, I think, you know, generic drugs have um, aided humanity in many, many ways. Um, but, you know, as I began to ask myself that question about the book, I was actually surprised that, yeah, there is so much a fraud here that needs to be exposed. Um, 
But after the book came out, I would say uh, I did see some significant uh, changes or the beginning of changes in the industry. And one thing that I have seen, I, I would say two things I've seen. Um, one is a drive for more transparency from a number of companies that basically want to be the company that gives patients more information that tries to disclose where they manufacture drugs, um, that has sort of lobbied on behalf of more disclosures and transparency. Um, but I would say the other positive thing in the industry is more drive towards verification of quality. Um, this idea that, you know, the FDA, even though, yes, if it says that something is fine, it is presumed that it is fine, but there are, there's a real drive for companies now to say, you know what, we are going to continue to verify this. Mm -hmm. We're going to continue to test. Um, and so you've seen new models like Valisher, you know, where the, the pharmacy, the checks. Um, I think that that there is a lot of room for companies to distinguish themselves as conducting independent verification of quality. Um, I think that's what we're going to be seeing, hopefully, in the next 10 years, um, is a real movement uh, toward that. So I would say, to me, that is the single biggest positive I have seen. Yeah, and I see the same thing, too. I mean, I, I know working every day with our RX360 membership, mm -hmm. we see that that pivot towards, you know, people wanting to make sure that their T's mm -hmm. are crossed and their I's are dotted, especially, yeah. you know, per your book, I really see a big movement in that area of data integrity. So that's really important yeah. and exciting for me because it almost, mm -hmm. it, it ties the two together. Yeah. People that know me, Catherine, they always hear me say, uh, hey, paint me a picture, paint me a picture of something. And, and you know, reading the book, there there's a lot of case examples, um, studies, stories, can you share with with me, with the audience, you know, maybe a story that that is in the book or an example of something where you had that moment of going, holy cow, I can't believe I'm 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 seeing this. Can can you share one story to maybe help paint a picture? Sure. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of stories there, but I mean, just take the opening scene of the book where um, an FDA investigator, Peter Baker shows up at a manufacturing plant uh, in India to do an inspection. And he is walking down the hall of this supposedly aseptic plant. And suddenly he sees an employee in front of him holding a garbage bag and sort of trying to scoot it toward the exit of the plant. And he speeds up and the guy speeds up. And then they're involved in this low speed chase down this hallway, um, uh, and of course, inside of the garbage bag are uh, records of like uh, hidden defects and a whole. They relate to a whole part of the plant that wasn't even they didn't even alert them to. Um, uh, and he's trying to smuggle out these records before the FDA catches them. And I just thought to myself. You know, not only are these plants sometimes crime scenes, but there's even like low speed chases 
uh, through the hallways. So that was one of the, you know, just that was one of many stories where I just thought, you know, this is why I'm I'm a journalist and not a fiction writer, because you can't even make this stuff up. Right. I know one of the things that crossed my mind when I when I read that part and really thought about some of the other things that you detail in the book is is how hard it is. I, I mean, I sympathize with the role of the auditor, whether it's an auditor mm-hmm. for the FDA or or an auditor for the you know private sector. It's it's these people that go into these facilities to to do those quality audits. They have a yeoman's job, and it is it is. I applaud them kind of on a daily basis because I know just from my expertise, it's not something that I can do. And when mm-hmm. I when I sit back and read an audit report, or you know, again, read your book. It really, I, I think, as an industry, from an auditing perspective, those people that go out there and do those audits, we we have a, a, a debt of gratitude towards them from a patient safety perspective. Mm-hmm. When when you look at the whole idea, and I, I know you just told the story about uh about the uh, the FDA person running down the hallway. When you think about regulatory authorities, when you think about pharmaceutical companies and their internal quality departments. You know, where where do you think we can from what you learned and and putting on your your kind of crystal ball type of thing, what do we still have to learn? What do you think that we still have to get better at? Um, you know, can you give us a little insight on on, you know, we talked a little bit before about improvements that maybe you've seen, but what do we especially from a regulatory perspective, how how do you think we need to make the system work better? Well, you know, one question that I always have um, when I'm reporting on these issues is, are people who work inside the plant genuinely empowered to bring forward concerns about quality? Um, you know, one of the one of the huge problems in um, these Indian manufacturing plants where there's a very sort of rigid hierarchy is there is no room for uh, sort of second guessing and raising concerns. And that is always an environment where quality is going to suffer, um, even very seriously suffer, um, because all that basically the, you know, directions that the people who work there are being given is just, you know, make it work, make it work, which means, and then that's a kind of directive where data starts getting falsified because they have to make it work. Um, you know, so, you know, I can't tell you how many, um, individuals, uh, in the pharmaceutical industry who work in the quality departments end up contacting me because they feel they've exhausted every other option and they're genuinely concerned about safety in the plant. Um, you know, because they've brought forward issues and concerns and they've either been sidelined or demoted or silenced. Um, and you absolutely need to have an environment where you empower the most conscientious concerned employees. You know, they're your eyes and ears. So, um, you know, how, do, how can that be made to happen inside of the manufacturing industry? That's a very critical question to me. And, and, you know, just to kind of, you know, 
I guess if I want to say, make you feel a little bit better or, or at least give you some hope for, for some of those observations that you made. I mentioned before about one of the working or discussion groups that RX360 has is based around data integrity. One of mm -hmm. our other groups that we have is actually international based. It's specific to India. And I can share with you, Catherine, the the people from the, the um, Indian-based pharmaceutical companies that call mm -hmm. into that uh, discussion group really are engaged in making the system better. And it's been really mm -hmm. impactful and, and eye-opening for me. That makes me feel really good when I see uh, RX360 members talking in those terms. It's always about, hey, what can we do better? So that's mm -hmm. exciting to me between those two elements that you brought forth mm -hmm. in your book. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I wanted to ask you too, is we're kind of, you know, start thinking about wrapping up our discussion here. But when you also think about what's next, you know, coming out of Bottle of Lies um, and and thinking about, you know, we just talked about the, the, the pressures of the auditor. You just brought up mm -hmm. the pressures of the people working in the plants. Mm -hmm. You know, those, those pressures aren't going to go away because the pharmaceutical industry continues to move a million miles an hour. But mm -hmm. I think us having this type of conversation um, and things that you've done, I recently saw you speak down in Florida, but but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, those type of events and these type of platforms, I think, allow people to recognize maybe where some of those pressures are and figure out, OK, how can we alleviate some of those pressures mm -hmm. and make it a little bit more transparent? Um, right. When we look at the regulatory agencies, when we look at the internal quality departments, do you think they think like that? Um. Well, you know, the regulatory agencies, I mean, like the FDA, for example, um, their mantra has very much been, uh, you know, instilling a culture of compliance mm -hmm. uh, into companies, um, you know, and they have also, at least when I started reporting Bottle of Lies, regulated on an honor system. You know, they would review company data. Uh, there's not a lot of independent testing. Um, and, you know, they, they also would pre-announce inspections going overseas. Um, and I think there has maybe slowly been a recognition that you can trust, but you have to verify. I mean, you have to have um, a system of independent verification. Um, whether or not, you know, however much you want to promote corporate compliance, and that's a wonderful buzzword, but it's not sufficient. Um, they, when I first started reporting and I went down to the FDA headquarters and we sat around this conference table and the head of the Office of Generic Drugs sent, said to me, um, the approval system requires the ethical behavior of the applicant, otherwise the whole house of cards will fall down. I was like, wow, well, what if the applicant is not ethical? Um, you know, and that's that's a reality. So um, I would say that, you know, independent verification is what everybody has to do. Yep. Yeah. And, and one of the things that gave me incredible encouragement, because there, I know there was a big concern you know, I, actually, I talk to people, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Mm -hmm. So you talk to people about the effects on quality and patient safety mm -hmm. and, and, and auditing that were brought to the surface because of COVID-19. 
And all mm -hmm. of a sudden, we couldn't get into plants. We couldn't, right. we couldn't do on-site audits. I was incredibly impressed, at least from the RX360 perspective, and I think it was mm -hmm. industry-wide, is how everybody jumped on board and came up with best practices on how to do it remotely or virtually. Mm -hmm. Now, now, granted, it's probably not always going to be as efficient as being on site, but boy, mm -hmm. that was something that really, really impressed me of how the industry jumped on that and said, how can mm -hmm. we work together to make sure that that those gaps that may exist right. aren't widened or things don't right. fall through the cracks because otherwise, I mean, you could add the basis for a whole nother book. <laughs> oh yeah, um, for sure. Good deal. Well, Catherine, what I want to do is, is kind of wrap up here. Um, two things. Number one is I, I, I had a copy of your book here. Um, I want to make sure that everybody that is watching this on video sees the book and, you know, feel free to, to, to go out and get it. It's a wonderful book. And, and it's something that I highly recommend not only for people in the industry, but for people that aren't even in the industry. Um, and then I really wanted to, besides thanking you and your time, any closing thoughts, any, any, any message that you want to leave people, whether it's in regards to something you learned about the book, the industry, anything? I mean, just a, uh, any closing words from you? You know, I would say that there's, you know, I'm struck all the time by um, how many incredibly thoughtful people there are in this industry who are just passionate about quality uh, and protecting patients. And I do think that you know, all of the ingredients are there um, for, you know, very safe and high quality products. Uh, and I do think that it comes down in many ways to company culture yep. and executive leadership, uh, which is incredibly important. And, you know, the messages that are sent to employees about what a company values uh, can make a big difference. So I think that is, to me, a takeaway, something to consider. Catherine, I could not have said that better in 1,000% agree. So really on behalf of myself and the entire RX360 community, I want to thank you for being with us today. Um, and uh, I look forward to doing something with you in the future. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Jim. A lot Bye. of fun. Follow RX360 to keep up to date. And we look forward to having you tune in next time for the Patient Safety Podcast, presented by RX360.